Welcome everyone, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost and this is the Paper Outpost, the joy of junk journals. And today we are talking about selling things as a junk journaler. We are expanding a little bit on the selling topic and today we are discussing a little bit more in detail all about Etsy and different ways you can make money selling junk journals or junk journal related items. And uh, I'm speaking a little bit from my minuscule experience here from selling junk journals as well as perusing many Etsy shops and uh, seeing what very creative and inventive people are doing out there on their Etsys to make some money in the world of junk journals because it's their passion and they've, ther- they've turned it into a business and they're making some extra money for the family and they're putting dinner on the table and life is good. So this can be done and there is a strong market out there for things junk journal related. I am feeling that a lot of people that uh, have migrated over from the card making and the scrapbook making days have come over to junk journal uh, creation and there's a huge uh, force of people out there who are very interested in this topic and one thing I have was actually very you know mind-boggling to me is that uh, there are junk journal collectors out there people uh, like as if there 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 are collectors of everything in life and uh, there are people out there who are avid junk journal collectors and they're looking uh, for different kinds of journals they have all they are as uh, diverse as you can imagine but there are people who will actually buy more than one junk journal from a junk journal maker and this blew my mind because first of all I thought wow somebody would actually want to buy another journal even though they already have a journal and I know that journal was so big that they can't have completed it or filled it up or, or done anything with it that they're and they're actually buying a second one um, some people actually like to they have collections and they collect journals from many people some people um, collect people uh, journals from new artists undiscovered artists some people collect journals from very famous uh, junk journal makers and artists out there and many different kinds of artists make junk journals it's not just junk journal makers uh, but there are you know mixed media artists there are painters out there there are quilters and fabric people out there who love to make journals I mean there's many many different kinds so there's really something for everybody out there and that's why there are so many avenues for people to collect these and if you've ever happened to see one of mine in my videos, mine are not small. I mean, they take up a fair amount of real estate in your home. So if you're going to buy one of mine, you're going to have to <laughs> you're going to have to put it somewhere um, that you know has a, a bit of a space to, to to hold it or store it or something. So if you're going to buy multiple, you're going to need a, you're going to need a second bedroom or something that you're not using to put these things in because they they are you know these are. Um, um, they're items of a fair size. Now, not all journals are large. Some are small, some are tiny, some are flat, some are, are specifically used for writing purposes. Uh, so it's they're certainly not going to take up a lot of space. But there's many things to consider. Some are grimoire. Some are grimoires, the um, the, the spell books of uh, witches. They like to keep um, uh, information in them, and uh, or they they like to have a journal that looks like a grimoire. It's mysterious and mystical and you know fascinating and um, often those are larger journals uh, something that's going to house a lot of material uh, tomes when you think of a very knowledge-filled specialized book full of uh, uh, rich 
advantageous information for society at large. In some cultures, they have tomes, and these tend to be a little bit on the large size. So that being said. Um, it's just an interesting fact that there is a huge market out there that is interested in purchasing journals. Not everybody likes to make journals. Some people just like to have journals, and they like to have a lot of them. So, if you're thinking about selling your journals,、uh, I would. Encourage you to go explore the whole world of people who are interested in in、uh, buying your junk journals. There's a lot of them out there, but they they may not all be beside you sitting in your hometown at your Denny's coffee shop. You may have to do a little legwork to find them. And、uh, YouTube is obviously a wonderful way to find them because in in essence they come to you and and you're there available for them 24/7. Anytime they want to see your stuff, it's available there. And it's a very、uh, wonderful way of being able to interact with people anywhere in the world. And when you look at the world as your market,、uh, you open up your door of possibilities a thousandfold. So I think that、um, uh, you know it's it's one way. That's just one way. Let's say your forte is not necessarily making videos, or you just don't really feel like learning all about that or something.、Uh, there's many other ways to sell. Uh, journals and journal-related things, but today specifically, we're going to talk about、um, uh, Etsy shops and the different things. And, and actually, this would be any online selling in general. It could be your own website. It could be、um, through eBay or Amazon or Google or whatever platform you choose. There, there are other、um, websites to sell things to. I think Shopify is one of them. I haven't explored that, but I think that's another way to sell your your items. But、um, Anyway, let's say you're getting brave, and you've decided to start your Etsy shop. So there you go. You go through all the, you jump through all the hoops, and boom, you've got your little Etsy shop going. And now you need to fill it with stuff. And you've already been making a few journals, maybe like me. So you have a few in your back stock. You're like, okay, I can open my Etsy stop, Etsy shop, and everything's going to be fine. And I'm just going to go ahead and and sell my journals. And then. You're going to make your first sales. The next few sales are going to go, and you're going to start to find out very quickly that it's hard to make journals fast enough to keep your Etsy shop full. And some people can do it, but it's it it is a challenging thing. I found it a challenging thing.、Um, you, in in one sense, you want to keep the joy of your craft. You don't want to turn yourself into a factory or a machine where you're just cranking out books left and right, and、uh, you lose the joy. I mean, the whole thing about this is you want to take your passion. And have your passion just happen to make some money for you, as opposed to turning your your passion into a business where it becomes you become a factory and you you're just not having fun. So, if you want to keep the fun factor alive, you may want to consider adding some of these things that I've seen people sell in their Etsy shops, and these are junk journal related things that allow them to still have time to create. And it's really amazing and quite brilliant. Uh, watching what people have done with their Etsy shops with、uh, junk journal-related items, they have sold things like digi kits,、uh, you know, di- uh, printables. Uh, basically, these are things that somebody has taken the time to organize with either、uh, some type of photo editing or you know、uh, art editing or photo editing software, and they've taken images and they're blending them together and they're creating a new piece of 
art out of these other images and um, you can print these out at home and then use them at will. Maybe you would like to use these for your pages of your signatures or maybe for the cover of your book or you would like to cut them apart and use little pieces of it for little individual pockets or tucks or journal cards or tabs or tags or you know whatnots, all the whatnots that we love to put in our books. And um, there's quite the, I'll call it the underground business of these digital printables. It's really a fascinating thing. It's it's not an easy thing. I've uh, been trying to wrap myself, my head around it, and I still don't grasp it fully. I find it a little bit overwhelming, and I've, I've uh, started to do a lot of research on it, and I, I, I don't have the confidence yet to go ahead and sell something like that, but I'm working my way there. <laughs> but this is a lot of people already have, and maybe you're very digitally inclined, and you, or you have uh, people around you who can assist you with these uh, little issues, but um, it's a way for one person to be able to share one thing that they have with many people across the world so that everybody can incorporate it into their artwork. And I think it's really a beautiful platform and it's a beautiful way for somebody to interact in the junk journal world, um, but they don't have to make a junk journal every five minutes. They're actually uh, uh, encouraging you to make your own junk journal where you can create what you want. It doesn't even have to be a junk journal. It can be something completely separate. But that's a little snippet about the world of uh, uh, digitals or digiprints or um, printables. Uh, they come by many different names. Uh, the other thing uh, people sell online related to junk journals are the junk journal kits. And these come in different forms. Uh, sometimes you'll be supplied with a naked journal intact and, and then the supplies to decorate the journal, uh, which makes it very user-friendly, very easy. Somebody who's very new to it can just sit down and have fun and start gluing and cutting and, and uh, decorating their journal as they wish. Or you could uh, make a journal kit that has the supplies to make the cover and to make the signatures and to make the papers inside and, and things like that, where you're taking them basically down to ground zero, but you're, you're removing the hunt part. They don't have to hunt around for all that stuff. Maybe it's something that you would like to get a family member interested in. And you know what, um, favorite sister Sally, I would, I think junk journaling, I think that is something that you would really find fun to do making junk journals. And here's a kit. It's got everything you need in it to start. And uh, here's a couple of videos to watch, go to town. And uh, so people are having fun just assembling the kits. And they've made some beautiful kits out there. They make me excited about wanting to buy their kit to go ahead and, and make a junk journal. They're that good. And um, a lot of people are selling these kits and they don't take as long to assemble as creating the junk journal itself, but it is a nice way to also make money with your junk journal related supplies. Let's say you got a really great deal on ledger paper but you know there's no way you're going to be able to sell all that ledger paper or put all that ledger paper yourself into your junk journals. Well, maybe you can off, uh, you can buy it, but still um, utilize it what your needs with what your needs are, but then sell the rest to the public because they're very interested also in uh, amassing supplies related to junk journaling. And through your junk journal kits, you can uh, supply them with these. You can also... Um, supply them individual things for junk journals separately. Let's say um, you have, uh, uh, like for example, a lot of laces or something like that, or you have a lot of 
repurposed book covers. You've uh, taken out the guts, the, the signature blocks out of there and you have the covers and you're not going to use them because maybe you make your own covers and that's not something that you use. So you could actually sell the covers or you could sell the signature blocks because there's somebody else out there who doesn't have easy access to books all the time. And, or maybe they're special books or maybe the books are very aged and they love the aging of the, the paper. And so many people actually sell the old books to others to make junk journals out of, which is another fabulous idea. Why not, right? Uh, it's all about supplies and sometimes, you know, we all live in different areas of the world and we have different access uh, levels to different things. And this is a way we can all, as a community, work together with our junk journals and our junk journal supplies to supply everybody with what we need to make our junk journals. And some other things that you can sell related to your junk journals are the tools needed to create the junk journal itself. One of my favorite tools that I really herald greatly in the junk journal world is the Crocodile 2 Big Bite. It's the uh, puncher and eyelet setter that is uh, has made my, my life much easier. And if I sold that on Etsy, I would, I would definitely want to be able to put some tools and things like that. I'd have to find out about all the legalities of what you can sell tool-wise. But if you can sell uh, tools like that, that would be helpful. Or people create their own tools. Some, some people create uh, devices to hold your uh, cover and your signatures in so that you can punch the holes. Uh, I've seen quite a few of those out there. So sometimes people hand make the tools and then they sell the tools that they've handmade. Um, so I, many people sell the daubers. Um, I believe it was Jessica Rapp's son who was making some daubers, um, like hand on the lathe with uh, wooden ones, and um, she was selling those. So I, you know, you know, that's another wonderful idea. It's a creative layer you can add to your Etsy shop related to junk journals that people actually need and want and use. And it makes everybody's life easier. Uh, another thing that you can sell in your Etsy shop is ephemera, old papers and old uh, remnants of past times, uh, receipts, checks, postcards, uh, collections of these old things from old times, old handwritten letters, um, old ledger, old, there's old postage stamps, all these things that have uh, great value in them because uh, they hold on to a time gone by and they help people ref reflect back onto those times. But they're also unique items and they cannot be, you know, replaced. You can reproduce them, you can copy them, but you cannot replace the actual item as easily because they don't make them anymore. They're out of print, whatever have you not. These are maybe old magazines, old newspapers, old music paper, old dictionary paper, um, so many things. Uh, that you can sell to other people. Maybe you just have a passion for collecting this stuff. Maybe you have a little bit of a passion like me collecting a little bit too much of this stuff and maybe it comes there comes a time where you have to think about maybe maybe I could sell some to others as well um, and uh, I haven't done that yet but I'm thinking about doing that so we'll see how that goes. I'm not there yet but I'm just contemplating but right now I'm just fine. <laughs> um, Okay, right now it's going in the journal still. Uh, okay, so there's the ephemeral world, which is enormous and very fun to collect and also to sell to others. Then there's the other added uh, 
uh, topic of pre-made embellishments. Let's say you are on a roll and you are making some decorated envelopes to put in your journals and you are just going to town. You're having a grand old time. You're pulling papers out. There's glue flying. There's ribbons flying and lace and your sewing machine's rocking and rolling and you're having a great time. And the next thing you know, you've made 400 and you realize that you'll probably never use 400 Um, or maybe you made 300 of the same style and you're thinking, oh, those were great and I really used up all the paper, but they all look the same and I don't want to keep using things that look the same in my journals. I want to think, use things that look differently. Well, maybe you can release these little puppies that you made that all look the same to the universe and others can actually use what you've made. Uh, you remember a lot of people go into Hobby Lobby and Michael's and Joanne's Craft and they buy pre-made embellishments. So pre-made embellishments do have a home and a hearth and a place in others' homes. You know, I'm, my first thought was, well, why would somebody else want to buy my pre-made embellishment? Why wouldn't they just make it themselves? because not everybody else likes to sit down and make embellishments for hours, but they love the fact that the embellishment was handmade by somebody else who loved to make handmade embellishments. And that's where the joy and the love and the passion comes in to owning somebody else's uh, handmade embellishments. So that's another opportunity for you there to put on your your um, Etsy site uh, or your selling site, wherever it is. And then the big question is, what should I price them at? And one question I think you should ask yourself is, what would you pay for it? What would, what's a fair price you would pay for that amount? And, and really be honest with yourself. Don't overbloat it, don't underbloat it, but say, you know, what would I really pay for that if I was actually going to buy it? If I was going onto somebody else's website that or Etsy site that I didn't know and I had no emotional bonding to and I wasn't, you know, it wasn't about a friend purchase or anything like that. It's just clean, am I gonna buy or not? What would make me buy that? It, price point and quality of product matter. So if you think to yourself, what would I pay for this item that I, I am selling? And then you have to think to yourself, how many should I put in a batch? In other words, you can sell one embellishment at a time, but you're going to be doing a lot of individual sales, doing a lot of um, you know, shipping, putting things in envelopes and that type of thing. Plus Etsy now has the $35 and over free shipping thing, which I think helps Etsy sales a lot if you're willing to go down that path. You don't have to, but it's a nice incentive to up the sale price. So if you have several things for sale and a person can come along and buy maybe three or four things from your site and each one of those purchases might have maybe like three to five items or five to 10 items, depending on the size of it. And you can fit all of these in say a small um, envelope, then it makes sense. Uh, so you kind of have to crank your numbers and figure out your supply costs and the time involved, what makes sense and, and that kind of thing. But if you do find that you are one of those crafters that just tends to craft till the cows come home and you're just crafting to oblivion and you're having a grand old time and you end up with 422 envelopes that are, all look the same, but they're all heavily decorated. And, you, and like I said, you know, you can't use them all. This may be an option for you to release them to the universe and make a little extra money for yourself and the family and put that food on the table. So um, these are just some more fun thoughts about uh, junk journals and selling related to junk journals and other things other than junk journals that you can put on your Etsy uh, store that um, are not as time consuming as building an entire junk journal from scratch. Um, 
Uh, it's, I think, good to start off slow, add as you go, add as many as you can go, and keep working on get, getting the word out there. Um, you can have an Etsy shop and not sell anything because nobody knows you're there. And Etsy will give you some exposure, but I would not rely on it for your majority of your exposure. If you really want to sell, um, it's important you get the word out. And however you decide to do that, whether you decide to use social media or whether you decide to use word of mouth or uh, your local communities or organizations or schools or churches or what have you, not whatever it is, uh, people need to know that you're there. And uh, maybe sometimes the best way to let people know you're there is actually to give things away for free. And that's always a little shocking to think, oh my God, I spent so much time on this junk journal, this and that. But uh, you have to remember that if uh, nobody will buy it if they don't know it's there. So consider giving some uh, some things away for free so you can get your name out there and make sure that you have your name and your contact information on it and maybe some little uh, makeshift business cards, something like that. And uh, just take a chance. You know, this is 2020. It's a new year. Maybe you can have some fun and make some money with your, your journals. I think you deserve lots of fun in life. And I, I really want you to enjoy your passions fully. And it's okay if your passions make you money. It, it, it doesn't... Um, it doesn't lessen your passion or the, uh, you know, the ability for you to enjoy it um, as long as you don't turn into a factory where you, you might lose the joy of it. And uh, I want it always to be fun for you. So always make sure you keep some passions that, you know, are completely unrelated to money and you never have to worry about that. But, uh, you know, it is okay to um, sell your art and sell your work and uh, have it be a way to support you and your family. It's perfectly fine. It's healthy. And um, it's uh, sharing your work with the world and your work has value. So enjoy your process. Fun can be simple. Create with reckless abandon. And it's okay to make a few pennies along the way to support your craft and uh, your business and uh, yourself. So take care, everyone. I hope you had a great day today. Um, Happy crafting. And I'll be talking with you soon. Bye.